Hello, everybody, and welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Tuesday, March 16th, and we have got a free agency frenzy upon us here uh, very early on into the free agency uh, legal tampering window. Of course, all of these deals not official until this upcoming Thursday, uh, but we have got a lot of action within the first 24 hours. I'm trying to record this as as quick as possible to put it out as possible because a lot of stuff is going to break, um, hopefully not while I'm recording this, and I can put it out uh, in you know quick enough time where I haven't missed a ton of stuff, um, but we're just going to go through free agency, what we've seen from the first day. Um, take a look at the signings. Uh, you know, obviously the first place that we have to start is heading in, into New England. Um, and man, what a what a few, what what a first twenty four hours that they've had. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, uh, notorious for not spending a lot of money in free agency at all. Uh, spent more money uh, on the first day of free agency, more guaranteed money than he has in the last decade <laughs> combined. Um, so. You know, really interesting start for Bill. I think the first thing that we have to say is like we we have to on we Bill Belichick has become so predictable, and what I mean by that is what we assume he's going to do, he just does the opposite at this point. You know, and and it started last year with all the COVID opt outs and the cam situation, what they were going to do in free agency, the draft. He always goes this opposite direction that we never expect, and so we're sitting here, we're like, okay. Yeah, the Patriots have a lot of cap space, but they're not they're not that aggressive. Bill likes to build through the draft and get these developmental guys. And man, they are just slinging that thing around today. So let's go through their signings. I want to take a look at who they've kept, who they're signing, who they've let walk. And, and let's just break down what New England has done uh, over these last 24 hours. So, you know, the, the first, let, let's just talk about who they lost. You know, Joe Tooney. Uh, 28 years old, all pro guard. He signed a five-year, $80 million deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. I always say this about New England, um, and and it's when players leave New England. You know who? There, there's a few that are, that have, but who goes on and is better than he was in New England, and especially on the offensive line too. You know, I I'll give Chandler Jones his credit. He left New England and was terrific in Arizona is still one of the better pass rushers in football there are guys that have had success elsewhere but I mean offensive linemen who's the last offensive lineman that left New England and was good elsewhere Trent Brown signed by the Raiders they traded him back to New England two years later because they weren't getting what they wanted out of him um Oh, who was the other offensive? They had someone else leave recently too. But they they're just notorious for losing these guys and it and it being like, "Oh, how could they lose their all-pro offensive lineman?" And then, "Hey, that all-pro offensive lineman doesn't live up to expectations at the next destination." Other guy I was thinking of was Nate Solder, uh, who's now with the New York Giants. Another guy who got paid a lot of money to leave New England after playing really well in New England and then he gets to New York and just isn't the same level. Um so you know, Joe Tooney, or is it Thooney? I'm just going to keep going with Tooney. Joe Tooney, sure, he'll be a good guard for Kansas City. $80 million over five years for a guard? Who is worth that? I wouldn't even pay Quentin Nelson that money. I'm sure he's going to get it, but I I mean, that's that's expensive for a guard. Uh, and I, I just don't think that, I don't think that New England is necessarily going to miss him that much because we've seen, you know, uh, the offensive line was a little bit of a problem last year. They had some injuries. They had some guys missing. David Andrews. Um, you know, 
they were still a pretty good offensive line. I think he, I think Bill, if anything, gets a lot out of his offensive linemen. And I, I think losing your all pro guard, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to bring him back if that was the price, if, if it was going to cost me $80 million over five years. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not too upset with New England losing him. Um, and, and now let's take a look at who they have signed. Uh, so most recently they brought in Hunter Henry. Well, let's talk about the tight ends first. So they signed Jonu Smith first. Four years, $50 million. Then this morning, they signed Hunter Henry. Three years, $37.5 million. Um, quickly becomes one of the, the better tight end duos, if not the best tight end duo in the league. I, I mean, you know, what I really like, I, I, I love Jonu Smith. Um, I, I put out a free agency ranking my top 20 free agents, and I, I meant to flip. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, I put it out and I realized that that was wrong. Like, Jonu Smith was the prize here at the tight end position, this free agency. Um, he's going to be that kind of really great receiving tight end. Uh, he was he was really good on play action in Tennessee, uh, which New England will certainly run a ton of play action. That's what they love, um, especially when you got a guy like Cam, a good offensive line, good running game. So Jonu Smith is great for that, and then Hunter Henry is that big body blocking tight end that's also a really, you know, consistent receiver. I think I think you're signing Hunter Henry for the consistency, and then you're signing Jonu Smith for the upside. I mean, Jonu Smith probably hasn't even tapped into his... He's 25 years old, Hunter Henry's 26. Both of these guys are young. Um, you know, the commitment to Jonu Smith is, is just a hair longer, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I I love that. It quickly becomes one of the better tight end duos. As I've mentioned for years, you know, Bill, I think, has been trying to get back to this just power offense where he just runs the ball down your throat. What did they not have last year? Good tight end play. Offensive line was hurt. So maybe we'll finally get to see that come to fruition this upcoming year. But if you're just going to be running and then doing a bunch of play action to Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, that's, that's a good game plan on offense. Um, so love those two signings. Uh, let's continue through the list down here as I'm scrolling through all of the signings. All right, let's go to Matt Judon. Four years, $56 million. Uh, the price is steep. The price is expensive. He, he got paid. Uh, I think in two years, this contract will not look bad at all for two reasons. One, Matt Judon could be all pro potential with Bill Belichick. Uh, he was terrific in Baltimore. Um, I think he'll be great in New England. I think he'll be better in New England. I think we're really going to get the most out of him. Um, and, and I think, so for one, I think you're getting a really talented edge rusher. But then two, I'm expecting, a, and I think this is where Bill is going with his aggressiveness in free agency, I think there's going to be a salary cap boom within the next few years when, you know, obviously the, the cap went down this year because of COVID. So everybody was kind of cutting their veteran players, trying to free up room. Um, so the cap is a little bit lower, but in, in a few years, I mean, A, it's going to go back up once fans are back in the stadium, once the world is back to normal. And then also these new TV deals. I mean, the money is going to be out there with these new TV deals. So the salary cap is going to boom. I, I would say at, it, it, at furthest away, it's three years. I would say two seasons before we get it. Kind of like what we saw with the NBA's new TV deal. Now there were a lot of bad contracts that happened you know, when that spike happened, uh, but the NFL is going to have a spike that's like that. And I think Bill is just getting ahead of the curve saying, yeah, look, in two years, 17 million to Matt Judon will not look bad. Uh, so I, I think that that's a great signing. Like I said, a really talented player, only 28 years old. Look at these guys. These guys are young. 
He's not signing 32-year-olds to four-year deals. He's signing 25, 26, 28 guys that are entering or in or are already in their primes. Um, so love the signing of, of, uh, of Matt Judon. Uh, you know, one of the better available pass rushers this year, one of the more consistent ones that we've had. I think he's going to flourish, flourish under Bill Belichick. I will say his floor is a pro bowler, um, and that ceiling, I mean, he could be an all-pro guy under Bill. Then you go to the receivers they brought in. Now look, Nelson Aguilar, two years, $26 million. $13 million a year for Aguilar is rough. He did have a really impressive, underrated year with Derek Carr and... Uh, you know, this past season in Las Vegas and really kind of changed the narrative on himself after having some really down years in Philadelphia. So heading to Vegas, had one good year, really impressive. Bill brings him in. It's only two years. It's not a long-term deal. And Nelson, right in that age range, he's 27. You know, what if what if the problem was Philadelphia? What if the connection in Philly just wasn't good? What if they weren't using him in the best way possible? Then in Vegas, we see, oh, Aguilar can be can be a, a terrific deep ball threat. And so then you bring him in here to New England. When, when you think about this team and the way that they're structured, and you've got the two tight ends, the power run offensive line, a good run game, still, you know, they've got guys back there. It's not amazing, but it's a good run game. Um, like I said, the tight ends, and then Cam, who's also a dual threat guy, do you need terrific receivers? Last year, yes. Last year, between the injuries, Cam not having a full offseason, bad tight ends, uh, you know, James White missed some time, running backs were injured. Yes, you do need a terrific wide receiver then. But when you've got great tight ends and you've got a good run game and maybe Cam has a full offseason of prep and he comes back and he's he's at a level where he understands and he's, he's just in a better groove, maybe a talented wide receiver like a Kenny Galladay isn't the most important thing in the world. Maybe that's not the, maybe that's not what Bill needs. And, and, and sure, maybe they'll draft a guy at free agency is still going on. So they could bring in more wide receivers, but I think getting a guy like Aguilar, Aguilar is like, Hey, we're going to take our deep shots occasionally. And it'll be nice to have someone who can get open on those. So you bring in Nelson, you bring in Kendrick Bourne, who's kind of like the same thing. Both of those guys, you know, yes, Aguilar for 13 mil is like, ooh, what's going on? Um, but, you know, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Let's see. The the Kendrick Bourne signing, three years, 22 and a half. That's not much at all for Kendrick Bourne. Solid receiver. Uh, you saw, it, it, the thing is, Bill is kind of plucking these guys from from fun teams that, that don't need them anymore. Like, like Las Vegas had a really impressive year offensively. And Aguilar was a big part of that. And so Bill sees that and he goes, okay, well, let me bring him over here. And then you look in San Francisco and, and you know, despite all the struggles that they had, Kendrick Bourne was a very available wide receiver. He was very consistent. It's like, let me pluck him out of San Francisco. I know how to utilize him now. So he's kind of watching the league and saying, okay, these players can be utilized like this. Okay, the duo of Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, those two guys, their games complement each other kind of perfect if you think about it. I mean, that's a that's a great tight end set. Um, so now you've got those two guys. You've got the wide receivers. Uh, the last signing, you know, Jalen Mills, uh, that one is the one that I'm kind of just like, did you need to give him $24 million? I think if anything, Jalen Mills, if he doesn't, 
the the thing is is kind of like with Nelson Aguilar, you know, getting out of Philly, maybe he has more than what we've seen. And Bill probably has seen something that he's like, oh, I can I can definitely use a guy like Jalen Mills. Does he last four years and twenty four million in New England? Probably not. But I think he just wanted some safety depth in there. Maybe he sees something. The guy's only 26. So here's the thing, too. He's signing all these young guys with upside. We have no idea what these guys could achieve. Maybe Bill has just been watching. He said, I can use him in this way, him in this way. So let's bring him in. Let's get the most out of what we've seen. Um, and look, at the end of the day, one, I think between all of the... If they get a full offseason, if New England gets a full offseason, if they are healthy heading into the start of the season, between the free agency signings and between the opt-outs that they had last year that'll be coming back, uh, you know, specifically on defense, because they had quite a few, most defensive starter opt-outs than any team in the league, is that worth, what, four wins? Five wins? They were seven and nine with a really bad roster, with really bad quarterback play, ton of injuries, ton of opt-outs. They were almost a 500 football team. So between all this, I got to say that 10 and six, 11 and five is the floor for New England this upcoming year. And uh, look, I, I, I love, I love Buffalo. I love Miami. New York is at the very starting point of what's hopefully a, a a bright tenure with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. But New England's got to be the favorite to win this division again. And, and look, you know, Cam Newton is the big question mark for me. Because, you know, I, I've been a Cam, not a Cam hater, but a doubter. You know, his last year in, in Carolina wasn't impressive. His year in New England was not impressive. But, you know, if he can be, a, you know, if he can be just a hair better. And, and look, he's going to have a better situation around him. He's going to have people that he's throwing to that are actually good. You know, Nelson Aguilar, you know, Julian Edelman missed a lot of time. Nelson Aguilar might be better than any other receiver that's currently on that roster. The tight ends are the biggest upgrade that he's going to notice from day one. I mean, that's a... That's such a massive... They had no tight ends last year. Zero good ones. And now they've got two really good young tight ends that'll work extremely well together. Hunter Henry will be that blocking tight end that gets out on those play-action passes. Jonu Smith is going to be a mismatch uh, on some of these linebackers, slot corners, whatever it is. He's a terrific, nimble, um, you know, great catch radius. He's going to be a fun one to watch in New England. Bill is... If you are a fantasy football guy, if you're a dynasty league guy, get Jonu Smith now. I know the love is going to be there for Hunter Henry because he's been the, the top 10 tight end. He's been Mr. Consistency when he's out there. A lot of catches. Um, Jonu Smith is the tight end to own here. He is going to be a mismatch nightmare. And Bill, I'm, I'm so excited to watch Bill, how, he, how him and Josh McDaniels choose to utilize him. Um, that's the slam dunk for me is, is Jonu Smith in New England. I mean, that is, that's impressive. New England is fun. New England is fun again. I, 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 I've always, like I said, you know, when I was growing up and it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, I hated New England, the cheating scandals. I just, I needed a reason to hate them because they always beat my team. 
you know, now that the Manning era is past me, um, I and I've just grown older and more of a football fan than I was, you know, just a Colts fan. I appreciate New England and, and their accomplishments so much more than I ever did. And now we get to kind of see Bill, you know, Bill's going to try and go on this fuck you tour. I think he's loading up and saying, okay, Tom, meet me in, uh, meet me in Super Bowl 50, what, four or five? The one last thing about New England. The one last thing. I think that this free agency has almost served as their draft. And I think if Bill is telling us anything, he's going to trade up to get a quarterback at the top of this draft. If I had to put my money on which one, I'd probably say Trey Lance. Now, the where he trades is going to be really interesting. Because obviously, two and three are not going to do it. The Jets aren't going to give the Patriots their future franchise quarterback, and neither are the Dolphins. Would Atlanta at four? Potentially. Especially if they still think that, um, you know, if Arthur Smith is going in there with the intent on uh, on making a, a run with Matt Ryan as, as the quarterback for the foreseeable future. Just get a bunch of draft picks from New England. Four is very possible. Five is possible with Cincinnati. Six is possible with Philadelphia. Really, that's the sweet spot right there. Is is four through, I mean, four through seven is really probably where I'd see New England trading up just because all of those teams there have too many needs where I think they'll say, okay, a bundle of picks so we can start addressing our entire roster. And those teams are Atlanta, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Detroit. Um, you know, they all either have a quarterback in place or are trying to make things work with a new quarterback, uh, a la J- uh, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, Jared Goff in Detroit. So they're not at the stages where they're going to draft their franchise quarterback yet. So they're going to say, well, sure, let's move back to 15. Let's get a bundle of draft picks. And uh, New England's going to take their quarterback. My money would be on Trey Lance. I think a, a locker room of Trey Lance and Cam Newton is a a really good fit. I think Cam will be able to teach Trey Lance a lot about uh, adjusting to the pros and how to utilize his body. I think that's a really good duo there. Um, where I think I think Trey could learn a lot from Cam Newton and kind of just the ups and downs of of an NFL career. Where look, you might not be the most polished quarterback. You might not be the most accurate quarterback. You've got a lot of great physical abilities, uh, great deep ball. I think that that would be a, a perfect... And I think that's kind of what Bill is hinting at us. Look, these signings, like I said, 26, 25, 28, 27. They're young guys. So I think he's saying, fuck this draft. I mean, uh, I've been doing the draft, uh, you know, content. I've been watching a lot of film. Defensively, it's not a lot of guys that I love. And I think Bill's probably noticing that too. So he's like, fuck it. You know what this class does have good of? Quarterbacks. Let me trade up and get one. Um, Love, love what New England is doing. And it's so out of the ordinary that I I think Bill is kind of showing his hand a little bit and saying, okay, free agency is going to serve as my draft. And I'm going to use all of my picks to load up into the top seven, draft our quarterback of the future, and this thing is going to be rolling. That, That defense next year. With all the guys that they're getting back, 
There's still time in free agency. With the signing of Matt Judon, Jalen Mills, uh, we'll see. Getting Dante Hightower back, getting your safeties back. It's going to be one of the it's it's going to be a top 3 defense in the NFL next year and then offensively with the offensive line back in place, you trade for Trent Brown back, you know what you can get out of him. The offensive line is fine as is right now. They've got a ton of, they've got great depth on that offensive line. If you can get the run game going, maybe they could target a mid-round running back. Tight ends best duo in the league. Maybe you don't need great perimeter threats. I don't know. This to me is at least a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team. It is back to being the best team in the AFC East. Um and I, and I don't want to overreact too much, but I mean you know, if Cam can be better than he was last year, which I think he can be because everything around him is going to be better. His team is going to be serious. It's going to be a contending team next year. They they were so bad last year and finished a game below 500. There's no way that they can't be four or five games better at the very least. Um, love it. All right, let's go through some of the other big signings that have happened. Just quick thoughts on everything. Uh, let's go to the top of this free agency tracker. I'm not going to talk about any of the franchise tags. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett and uh, Levante David. Levante David's news was last week, but Levante and Shaq, Gronk, uh, all back with Tampa Bay. They've all made it work cap-wise. You know, people, you know, turning some of their salary into a signing bonus. There's always ways to work through that. Bucks still have one of the better rosters in football. Um, you know, there's reports that they are interested in a James White potentially via trade, although I don't know how... Um, I don't know if New England is just going to be like, yeah, sure, Tom, go go take our my favorite running back that I've got on the roster right now. So I doubt that that's going to happen. Um, but I do I do like them being able to retain everything. Look, they're in this window right now. They're saying, fuck it. We have been the most irrelevant franchise outside of Jacksonville for the last decade. So now that we've got one Super Bowl, let's try and win a couple more because, uh, look, when this is all done, when the Tom Brady era is over, Tampa will go back to being a... Uh, Small fan base, free agents maybe don't necessarily always want to go there. It this is the window for Tampa to really make its mark on this on this era, and they've done it with one Super Bowl. They're going to try and do it with a couple more. This won't be a relevant franchise once this kind of Super Bowl run is done. Um, so I think they're just trying to get the most out of it at this point. Uh, you know, Joe Joe, I've already talked about his deal. I don't love it. You know, I I get Kansas City is just trying to build whatever offensive line possible they can. I'm assuming they'll draft a tackle at the end of the first round. Would have loved to see him pay just a couple a couple million more and just get Trent Williams. Tackle play is so much more important than interior offensive line. And at that price, I mean, $80 million for a guard. When, when offensive linemen leave New England all the time, and are just, you know, a step below or a couple steps below what they were in New England, I feel like that's got to be a pretty telling sign. Like, hey, maybe these guys aren't as valuable as we make them out to be. Now, sure, he can still be a really great guard. He's only 28, but that's a lot of money to give to an interior offensive lineman when you have zero tackles. You know, I, I read a report that 
Um, you know, they, they do like what they saw out of their draft pick last year, uh, Prince, uh, Prince Tega Wanogo. I think I said that right. Or no, do they have Lucas Nyang? I got to look this up. I got to see what the, uh, who the rookie tackle is. Chiefs rookie tackle. Don't you guys love dead time on podcasts? Um, Lucas Nyang, my bad. So yeah, they like what they saw to Lucas Nyang, so maybe they think he can take one of the starting roles. Maybe they think in the first round they could get another tackle. I would just rather spend my money on like Trent Williams and make sure that Patty Mahomes is well taken care of on his blind side for, for a couple years. Um, but look, talented guard, should be good, but I think that I think two years from now we'll look at that and be like, ooh, that is a, a little bit of a stretch. Paid a little bit too much on that one. Because it always happens when guys leave New England. Um, so, let's see. Let's go through the list here. Corey Lindsley. Um, I had I had nailed this one. I had said he was going to go to the Chargers um, after the, the Pouncey brother retired. Uh, just glaring need at center. 29 years old. Pro Bowl talent. He's he's yeah he's one of the best centers in football. Why not? Uh, that that match just made sense. It was reported there was our interest, um, and it, it was it was seeming like Green Bay was only going to be able to retain one of Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones. They went with Aaron Jones. Uh, so now Lindsley heads to the Chargers. Um, they need help on the offensive line, so this is a good league, a, a good start, especially after their center retired. Um, good signing, good signing. It, it is a ton of money. Five years, 62, but at the end of it, if it's not worth it, you can cut ties with your center. Um, but this is good for just protection for Justin Herbert because he was always under pressure last year, so the offensive line needs to be the number one priority for this team. Um, I, I like the signing. I like the signing. Uh, John Johnson to the Browns. Um, three years, about $34 million talented young safety Browns needed safety play uh you know John Johnson and uh who's the other guy Anthony Harris were my two favorite safety options I liked Harris a little bit more I think he ends up with Washington when it's all said and done I think they'll be in the market for him there um I like the signing definitely definitely a position of need for Cleveland um so they go and they get a young guy on a, on a pretty pretty cheap deal I, I think that's I think that's good money Let's talk about the Jets real quick. Uh, two young, good signings in Carl Lawson and Corey Davis. Uh, the Lawson deal, three years, $45 million. The Corey Davis deal, three years, $37.5 million. Um, I'll start with Carl Lawson first. Really, uh, really good young pass rusher. Uh, you know, spent his first few years behind some, you know, a guy like Carlos Dunlap, some talented edge rushers that were already in Cincinnati. So he didn't really get to break through until this past year. Uh, was very productive, and um, you know, right at the right time as he was set to hit free agency. I worry that coming out of college, the big concern with Carl Lawson was injuries, and since this was his first season, seeing semi-regular snaps, I, I am a little worried that maybe as the snap count gets higher maybe he gets a little banged up um but still at 25 
one of the better options at edge rusher this year. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a great signing. Joe Douglas needs pressure up front. Um, so I, I like it. They also signed Gerard Davis, uh, former first-round pick from the Detroit Lions. Um, really just trying to beef up that front seven. I'm really interested to see when the secondary signings start happening. I hope the Jets can bring in someone on that back end because the secondary is awful. Uh, but I like the idea that they're building uh, up front first. I always like my teams that build in the trenches and then work their way out, and uh, this seems to be the start of that. The uh, Corey Davis deal. Love it. Love it. Corey Davis, you know, can he be... Do I expect him to be the number number one wide receiver there? No, I wouldn't want him to be. I think we saw his best time was when he was the number two to A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Um, look, receivers do take a while to develop in the league, and so maybe that's why before A.J. Brown he was a little bit, you know, considered a bust for being, I think, at the time, the fifth overall pick or a top eight pick. You know, so there was there was some bust potential there. Um, but, you know, with, with Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, maybe they draft a receiver. If he's the number two guy... I don't hate that at all. And if he's the number one, I think there's enough depth there at the position now where you can go, okay, well, yeah, he's the number one, but there's a really good two and three here. Um, I felt I felt so dumb. I predicted, I, I thought Juju would, or Curtis Samuel would be the target for the Jets. I didn't realize that Jamison Crowder was still on the roster. He's basically going to serve as that, um, you know, if I had to, to describe it, I guess as the... Uh, Oh, no, I can't even remember his name. Who's the fucking receiver for San Francisco? Debo Samuel. There we go. He, Jamison Crowder will serve the Debo Samuel role, doing the end arounds, work in the middle of the field. I didn't realize he was still on the roster. Um, I thought he was a free agent. So the, the outside perimeter guy like Corey Davis uh, was definitely the move there. And look, a, a trio of, of Mims, Davis, and, and Crowder is is very serviceable. It's a It's a... Especially when you've got the upside of Mims and Corey Davis. Corey Davis just had his best season yet. Mims is, uh, you know, heading into his second season. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of potential there. Um, so I, I like what the Jets have done so far. I, I, I want to see how they address the offensive line. Uh, because obviously, you know, now that they're starting to add guys in the front seven, the secondary is still a problem. The offensive line is still a problem, but it's a good start been one day so i'm gonna be patient and let them do their work they've still got a lot of cap space uh when the the bengals lost out on uh carl lawson they decided to bring in trey hendrickson um four years 60 million uh i don't like the move to be honest with you i wasn't a big trey hendrickson fan you know he had just one season where he had a a ton of production um, I think when you are a really talented defense and you have a guy that's not getting a lot of attention and then he puts up high numbers, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, the main priority on that defensive line is stopping Cam Jordan. And then even after that, the interior guys are, are priorities number two and three. So yeah, Trey Hendrickson's going to get some open looks. He's going to get some one-on-ones. He's going to get high production, high sack rates. Uh, four years, 60 million for one year. I don't like it. I don't. And, you know, he's only 26. Um, you know, he's a mid-round pick. I, I just... I know they tried re-signing Carl Lawson, and he wanted to go elsewhere, so I get it. But if you're asking me, Carl Lawson, three years, 45. 
or Trey Hendrickson four years sixty million. I would take the I'd take the uh, Carl Lawson deal any day. I don't I don't get the need to bring in Trey on a four year deal. I mean maybe that was his market. Maybe other teams were offering four years and the Bengals just had to do it. But I would have much rather seen another year or two out of him. Um, because look the the difference being Carl Lawson when he had his his best season this past year, he was the best defensive lineman on that team. He was the best edge rusher. You know, Trey on the defensive line was the number three or four guy most of the time. So it's it's like, okay, you know, Carl Lawson was putting up numbers while getting a lot of the attention. Meanwhile, Hendrickson was putting up numbers as, you know, not getting a lot of attention. So I don't love the signing for Cincinnati. We'll see how it goes. They also signed uh, Chidobi Awuzie recently. I think that's who it was. Did I read that right? I'm, I'm trying to keep... We're recording the podcast as the news keeps breaking. It's currently the morning of... of uh, of the 16th. And I'm trying to see. They signed some corner. I think it was Chidobi. Let's pull it up. Sorry. Because now that I've brought it up, I want to make sure that I get it right. And... Holy shit. Where is this? Yep, there we go. Chidobi Awuzie. Um, so, you know... I don't know what it's just nice to see Cincinnati make signings in free agency. I think that that was the big thing when Joe Burrow was like, "Yes, I can commit to being a Bengal." He was like, "But you guys need to start treating this like a like a franchise that wants to win. Start signing guys in free agency." So it's nice to see them spending money. That's what I'll say at the very least. It's good to see them spending money and trying to um compete because for a while there was this kind of Rumor going on in the background, like, well, the Bengals are kind of just happy making their money. They're not really caring about winning. Not a ton of people want to go to Cincinnati. The um, facilities aren't that great. But then when you get a guy like Burrow, who's your franchise guy, it's the new start. You know, you want to make a good first impression. So glad to see them starting to spend in free agency. Hopefully they continue to do so. Hopefully they continue to address the offensive line in that defense. Receiver is fine for me. Uh, Running back room is fine for me. But definitely start getting that offensive line and defense some help for when Joe Burrow comes back. Any guys I missed? Oh, the the Bud Dupree deal kind of kills me uh, to Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is going to be so good next year. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. The Tennessee pass rush is going to be so good next year. Because they've already got young guys like Harold Landry that I really like. Uh... Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons uh, on the interior is really nice. And then they go and sign Bud Dupree to a five-year, $82.5 million deal. And then they also bring in uh, Danico Autry from the Indianapolis Colts, who, you know, for for a Colts fan, we kind of knew he was on his way out. There was no reported interest that he was going to stay. His role kind of was decreasing a little bit with a guy like Grover Stewart coming along, some other pass rushers, young guys. I was fine with losing him, but um, seeing him go to Tennessee now, I mean, that's a, that's a really good defensive line. That's really good. Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons. It's young and it's good. I mean, Bud's the oldest at 28. Now, Bud Dupree coming off an ACL injury is going to take some time. He got it in December, so hopefully he's ready to start the season, if not a little bit later. But there's going to be a much improved pass rush uh, for, for Tennessee, which was absolutely necessary because of... Uh, because of how, I mean, it was it was bad last year. It was it was absent, and especially when you signed a guy like J- uh, Jadavion Clowney, when your head coach is a guy like Mike Vrabel, uh, 
you know, you would expect more out of that pass rush, and it was absent. So it's it's nice to see them address that. Um, if you're a Titans fan, um, not great if you are in the AFC South and have to go against it, but, you know, I, I like it. Is there anything else I want to talk about? You know, some guys have stayed back. I don't want to make this podcast too long. We'll go just quick hits on a couple things for about four more minutes, and we'll close this thing out. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson going to the Vikings, two years, $22 million. Uh, would have liked to see the Giants try and retain him, um, but obviously, you know, they, they probably think 11 is too high there. Yannick Ngakwe going to the Raiders, essential signing for Vegas. Uh, surprised. I, I might have been overestimating how much Yannick was going to make. I might have projected about $15 million. So to see him get 13 to go to Las Vegas, um, they need a pass rush. Gus Bradley is now their defensive coordinator, who Yannick had his best years with in Jacksonville. So hopefully reunite, you get that pass rush going. It's a, a win-win for both sides. Short-term deal for Yannick is great. He'll be 27 the next time he's a free agent. And if he has two good more years in Las Vegas, he's going to get paid. Because he's a, he's a talented edge rusher. He had a down year because he was trying to learn two new defensive systems with no offense or with no offseason. He went to Minnesota, had no time to prep, halfway through the year, traded to Baltimore, was trying to learn it there. Now he goes back to some comfort where he thrived in Jacksonville. He's going to get two years. When he's a free agent two years from now, he is going to get paid because he's only going to be 27 at that point. So I, I, I do really like the signing for Las Vegas. They need help on defense. Um, and he will certainly provide that. Uh, I like the Bills being able to retain, you know, Matt Milano, Daryl Williams. They're bringing their guys back. Consistency, consistency, consistency. I've said it before. If we don't get a full offseason again this year, the best teams in the league next year are going to be the ones that have that are retaining the majority of their roster. Just because, like I said, when you have a lot of moving parts and no offseason to prep and, and get kind of uh, that glue going... It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to uh, be ready week one. And we saw certain teams kind of find their groove later on. Like the Buccaneers, their first six weeks, it was rough. But that was essentially their preseason with all the new moving parts and pieces. And of course, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Certainly, there can be teams that are like that. But I'm saying from from day one, the teams that are going to be the best are the ones that don't have a, a lot of change. The Bills are a team that's like that in that situation right now. Really wanted the Colts to get Okwara, Romeo Okwara, who stays in Detroit. Had a really good season last year. A lot of pressures, a lot of sacks. His brother's on the team. I think uh, I think he wants to stay there. Um, three years, $39 million. Good deal for Detroit. I like it. Um, man, let's keep going through this list. Really interested to see where Kenny Galladay ends up. Really interested to see where he ends up. Um... You know, would he go to a Giants? Would he go to a Jets? Would New England just keep spending money? Who knows? Uh, 40 seconds left. Let's let's talk. Let's see if there's anything else here that I really want to address. Leonard Floyd got paid uh, to go back to the Rams. I thought that that was the best situation for him. I, I was thinking he would probably end up with the Chargers. Um, you know, they have a, a need after losing Melvin Ingram. But the, uh, the Rams were willing to roll out um, the money for him, and it, it's well-deserving because he had a really good year his first season in L.A. Um, hmm. You know, uh, Matt Felier going over to the Chargers, uh, an offensive guard, just more help on that line for the Chargers. Ronald Darby, three years, 30 mil to the Broncos after uh, having a really good season in Washington. Um, talked to a, a couple Washington fans. They said, look, 
we would have liked, uh, you know, the 10 mil is fine. We would have probably liked two years, not three. So that's probably why he made his way over there. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all we're going to cover right now. Uh, watch as soon as I hit stop on this. There's going to be some breaking news that is, um, you know, just like it's Kenny Galladay goes somewhere. Trent Williams goes there. I'm going to put this out as quick as I can. So hopefully I haven't, I don't miss too much in free agency. Um, but yeah, just, uh, you know, just wanted to talk about everything that's been going on so far. Talk about the Patriots, the most the impressive thing of the last 24 hours. and kind of run through those deals. So um, we will not be back on Thursday with a podcast. I've got someone coming into town, staying Wednesday through Sunday with me. So we're not going to report a, record a podcast while he's here. Um, but we'll be back next week, probably with more free agency. Wednesday, uh, we are going to have, um, if you're subscribed to the NFL Draft newsletter that I've been doing, uh, make sure to subscribe. If you want the link, just text me. If not, it's in my Instagram, Twitter bios. We're going to have my top defensive tackles coming out tomorrow, Wednesday, March 17th. Um, you know, not a not an overly impressive class uh, for interior defensive linemen, so it'll only be a few guys. On Friday, I'm doing an Ask Me Anything so if you have any questions, uh, NFL-related, draft-related, free agency-related, next season, um, if you want, uh, you know, life questions, want to ask me some dumb shit, um, we're going to put that out on Friday's newsletter, and then I think we're doing a uh, another mock draft next Monday, but we'll do podcasts next week, we'll be back next week with that stuff. Uh, make sure to... Uh, like, subscribe, review to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. As I mentioned, subscribe to the uh, 2021 NFL Draft newsletter. There will be a draft guide that we're gonna make just a couple weeks out of before the draft. We'll put it out. Um, it'll have all of my prospect uh, prospect rankings, grades, mock drafts, big boards, all of the stuff that I've been doing with the newsletter will be available as a PDF. Um, I'm not gonna. I know some people put prices on those. I'm not gonna charge. It's gonna be a free download for you guys. Uh, just as kind of uh, more, you know, stuff for you guys if, if you enjoy reading and watching it. Also kind of something that I can um, have tangible evidence of me saying I think so-and-so is good and, and this person is good because, you know, I, I've hit on some things the last few years, but you have to like, you know, scroll through my Twitter to find the receipts of it. This is going to be a PDF document saying I think these guys are good, these guys are bad, and, and that way I can kind of have a tracker for how I do with this evaluation type stuff. So thank you guys so much for listening to Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and we'll see you next week.